Can y'all get excited with me about, you know, we're, we're getting inches and inches and inches closer to being, putting this thing behind us. How many of y'all are ready for that, to put it behind us and let's don't do this anymore? <laughs> Amen. We, for, we forbid it to ever return. And, and I'm setting my faith in agreement with God that this thing will not come back. They're saying it's supposed to come back this fall or they're worried about it coming back this fall. We say no in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Evelyn. Hey, sweet girl. So glad you're here. Amen. Did everybody get your welcome packet this morning? If you did not receive your welcome packet, wave your hand and the ushers will come in and assist you with a welcome packet. And uh, your clipboard, everything has been sanitized and deep cleaned inside here. And I'm so excited for next Sunday, the 31st. Um, We have been uh, fasting and praying for a week and we're going to fast and pray for another week for Pentecost Sunday, which is not this Sunday, but next Sunday um, is Pentecost Sunday. So um, we're, we're believing God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Does everybody know what Pentecost is? Well, just in case there's anyone watching who does not know what Pentecost in Pentecost is, P- Pentecost is um, is about two things. When the children of Israel were delivered on Passover, everybody remember we just came through Passover season. We, you know, everybody was posting it on Facebook and everything about how there was safety behind the door when the blood was on the door, right? So. 50 days after Passover was when God gave the Jewish people the Ten Commandments. When the Ten Commandments were poured out from heaven, if you will, written by the finger of God. That's called Shavat. Can y'all say Shavat? That's Shavat, 50 days. So Shavat really means 50, 50 days. And then when, um, so, so 50 days after is Shavat. And so that was a big festival. So in Jerusalem, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, after the very first Israel, is when the Holy Spirit was poured out because they called it Pentecost in the Greek. Shavat and Pentecost, same word, but, but uh, Pentecost is the word in the Greek. It means 50, 50 days after the resurrection. Does that look like a coincidence to y'all or does it look like only God could, could do something like that? Amen. So um, next Sunday is the Sunday that we celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Has the Holy Spirit made a difference in your life? Wow. I mean, it brought such, he brought such a worship and a wisdom and a boldness to my life, a sensitivity to him that I did not have before. Amen. Now, let me say, everybody that's distanced from other families and what have you inside the sanctuary, you can take your mask off while you're sitting in the service because people aren't moving around. Everyone's sitting still. So if you are moving around, you must have your mask on, Hannah. (laughs) Did she do a great job singing this morning? Man, when she opened her mouth to sing, I had goosebumps. I'm like, "My, my goodness, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing your gift, Hannah. So... When you get up to walk around, please put your mask on. When we're mingling with other people, please wear your mask. But when you're seated and people are not moving around, you're welcome to take your mask off or just let it rest underneath your chin. That'll be fine um, to do that as well. But next Sunday, we're planning for people to come back to church. So if you're watching um, this morning or if you're watching the recorded version of this morning or whenever you're watching, um, we're encouraging to, you to come in. You know, we, it's time to, to make a comeback and to come back into the church. We're doing it with safe social distancing according to what the CDC guidelines are. So when you come in, you'll sanitize your hands. Just as soon as you get in the door, you'll sanitize your hands and you'll pick up a mask if you did not bring one of your own. So that's the first thing that you do. And then we we can't hug, y'all. We want to hug, but we can't hug yet. 
The day is coming when they'll say, this thing is over and we're released to hug, but right now we can't hug. Amen? So we can give, you know, we can just give a holy wave or a peace sign or a heart or just an air hug, something like that to just express your love. Oh, I wish I could hug you, but I'm so glad to see you. Amen? So that's, that's the way we're going to come back on next week. So if you're watching, I encourage you to um, take that step of faith and come in, unless you are older than 65 years old and you're concerned. Now, we have Miss Toby here because she ain't regular. <laughs> Miss Toby is, um, how old are you, Miss Toby? 82? 84? 83? She's 83 going on 35. She does not look like where she's been. (laughs) So she just would not stay home any longer. And so she's coming. She's safe social distancing and doing all of that. And uh, I'm glad that she's here. But if you feel like you don't feel safe to come in, then by all means, stay home and continue to watch online. If you have underlying health issues or if you feel like you have a fever or you have any type of flu symptoms, then you definitely want to stay home. Also, in fact, go get tested and see what's going on. Amen. All right, anybody have any questions this morning about that? All right, well, we are fasting one more week. How are y'all doing on your fast? <laughs> well, Murray and I have been really sticking to ours. We're, we, we have given up meat, carbs, sugar. We're just doing fruits and vegetables, and I'm telling you, I don't really miss it. I feel great. How do you feel, babe? I don't think your mic is on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a fast. <laughs> yeah, it's a fast, but, but it's awesome. It's just awesome to know that as we fast and pray, because you know what? There's some breakthroughs we're only going to get when we fast and when we pray. When Jesus um, healed the boy who was, had epileptic, epileptic fits and um, he, he, would, he would constantly throw him in the fire, throw him in water, the disciples couldn't cast it out. And so the disciples came to Jesus afterwards and said, well, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, um, because of your unbelief. And he said, um, some only go out by prayer and fasting. So there's some breakthroughs we can only get by prayer and fasting. Amen? So that's why we're praying and fasting and we're believing God for breakthrough in three areas. We're believing God for scientific breakthrough, for a vaccine to come forth. Not just a vaccine, but for um, a cure. How many of you know God's got the answer to absolutely everything? We just need the revelation to come from the unseen realm into the seen realm. We just need that breakthrough um, for it to come to us. And so we're praying for the researchers. We're praying for the scientists to hear the voice of God and be able to um, receive that breakthrough. Something that will be quick. Amen. So that people who are fighting for their lives, even right now, will be able to be um, healed in the natural. But then until then, we're praying for, for a miracle breakthroughs for people who are battling with this. People who are in the hospital on respirators fighting for their lives. We're praying for God to intervene and to come in. Amen. And to heal people and get, get people out of the hospitals. All right. We're also praying for economic breakthrough that, uh, we're saying no to recession. We're saying no to economic downturn. Now, some of it is natural. It you just can't be helped. But how many of you know, God can do absolutely anything. He said, if you can believe all things are possible if we can just believe. So if we can release our faith and believe God that we, that we, that God is going to restore absolutely everything economically. And not only that, but this is a time for opportunity. I believe this is time when businesses are going to be launched. People are going to say, you know what? I can work from home, but I can launch my business while I'm working from home. Amen. Amen, Somebody. 
So it's a, it's a wonderful time of opportunity and uh, just be listening for God. So scientific breakthrough, economic breakthrough and spiritual breakthrough. We're believing God for, for, for revival, for, um, uh, an awakening and we're believing God for an outpouring. Amen. For the end time revival, for the end time um, latter rain and abundance to be poured out. We're asking people to pray 20 minutes a day, five minutes, pray for, for the three areas of breakthrough I just minute, mentioned, five minutes uh, for breakthrough. I mean, just in that five minutes, those three areas. Then also pray for breakthrough in your own family and in your own life, areas where you've been held back. Begin to pray for breakthrough. Amen. I believe we're in a season of breakthrough. And then for five minutes, I want you to just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. No one understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit, the Bible says you speak mysteries. So you won't understand what you're saying, but God understands absolutely every word. So I'm excited about this Thursday night. I'm going to be teaching a lesson on Facebook Live Thursday night at 7 o'clock about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you um, have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't already speak in, in tongues. Um, we want to get you filled with the Holy Spirit this Thursday night. And you know, how, how do we receive from God? Somebody tell me. By faith. by faith. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I give you enough word on this subject, that's how I received 31 years ago. When somebody started speaking in tongues around me, I'm like, oh, Lord, get me away from these people. But then the more I was around them, the more I realized they know something I don't know. Because I could sense the power of God and the presence of God when they were speaking in tongues. So I got in the Bible and I studied everything I could find on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, when I did, I received so much faith in my heart that when I was by myself, I asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit, and he did. And I began to speak with other tongues. It was one of the most um, just profound spiritual experiences that I've ever had in my life. And I want you to have that experience too. And I believe God wants you to have it also. So as we come back on the 31st, are we glad that God brought us through this? Amen. A lot of people, some people didn't make it. Some people did not make it, but we made it through. So on May 31st, next Sunday, can we make it a day of Thanksgiving? Can we just go ahead and have Thanksgiving in May and just come into church with a Thanksgiving, come in with a praise already in our heart, thanking God that we made it to today? Amen. Let's, co let's come in that way, right? We're making a comeback. All right, let me make sure. Um, yeah, so those of you who are watching online, and you know it's easy to just yield to your flesh. Who this morning, I'm telling the truth, I was so sleepy. Usually I wake up at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just bouncing, ready to get in there and put all the things God's put on my heart and arrange it to come in and prepare a meal for you and here, a, a spiritual meal, if you will. But this morning, the flesh was raring. The flesh was saying, sleep, you're so sleepy. I said, let me just lay my head back for a minute. I said, no, don't do that, Sally. Don't give your flesh an inch. It'll take a mile. Amen. So, you know, your flesh can get to where, okay, I'm comfortable from, from, uh, from being quarantined. We get comfortable. Well, well, I can just watch it from home. But there's something about being in the house. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10.25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Amen. So if you're able to come, please come on in next week. 
Amen. Um, also next week, I'm so excited about this. Joshua Aragon, who's a member of our church, who's so precious and so blessed. God told him, uh, um, I guess it was last year sometime, God told him to quit his job, build a cross, and carry it down 1960. And he has been doing it ever since. In fact, he's out in front of the church this morning with the cross, waving people in, waving, getting people to remember the blood of Christ. And so uh, we are going to be or laying hands on him and ordaining him an, an evangelist, part of the five-fold ministry gift of God. We're going to lay hands on him. And um, one thing I shared with him this week while I was giving him um, one of the uh, classes that uh, we teach here, I was giving him one of the classes in leadership development. And I pointed to the picture on my wall of my Apostle Hilliard laying his hands on me. Because Apostle Hilliard, um, when he laid his hands on me and on, on the whole group he was, he was uh, uh, ordaining that day at my ordination, he said, you know, he can trace it. It can be traced back all the way to the original apostles, the hands that have been laid going down the years onto his life. So I'm like, praise the Lord. That, that has been uh, hands laid on me. And so now I turn around, lay my hands on him. And no telling how many he's going to lay his hands on. Amen. I believe he's going to do an amazing work for God and here at this church. So I'm so excited about that. So y'all come next week ready to celebrate Joshua and his ordination. Amen. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a really big, it's a big step. How many of you know it's a big step when God says quit your job? And build a cross and carry it down the street. He said, God told him five years earlier to do it. And he said, God, I'm not doing it. That's embarrassing. He thought that, that God had given up on him, but God gave him another chance. He said, when God gave me this chance, he said, I, I quit that day. Jenna called me and said, Pastor Sally, you've got to talk to Joshua. He just quit his job. going to carry a cross. I thought, baby girl, I will talk to him because that does sound crazy. But when I talked to him, I knew that he had heard from God. And I said, do what, you, do what you're going to do. Um, God will provide. And God has provided for him. Amen? All right. Y'all ready for the word this morning? All right. Hold on to your note sheet and let's make a faith declaration. Say this. Say the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Shout glory in my family. Amen. All right, open up your note sheets. Hey, you can follow along on the app if you're watching on a different device. You can follow on on the Acceleration Church app the um, under the sermon notes icon on our app, Acceleration Church. You click that and you can follow along with the note sheet if you'd like to. If not, we'll be putting the, the notes and the scriptures on the screen so you can just follow along, sit back, relax, and you get you a note sheet next time you come in. You come in on next week. Amen. All right, well, we've been talking about this year is God's year of his manifestation manifested glory, that God would manifest himself and manifest his glory this year. So we're looking for ways to glorify God. Amen. And, um, one of those ways that we've been looking at is glorifying God in our families. How many of you know God created family? It was his idea. He instituted it. He thought the whole thing up. Amen. So he has the right to define it. Hallelujah. God Almighty has the right to define his creation and how he created it to be. Because a whole lot of other definitions have popped up over the years. But God, 
but God has instituted the family um, from his word. Amen? So um, families come under attack. They have always come under attack. So we're looking at glorifying God. Number one, bringing glory to God always starts with a bold faith decision. So if you're going to glorify God in any area of your life, you've got to decide that you're going to be bold. Like let's just say you're going to start changing your thoughts. You know, I've got to be bold about not letting just any kind of thoughts hang around. Because that's really how we get under attack. That's how Satan begins to attack a marriage. Is that um, with thoughts he will come in and he'll begin to magnify the flaws of your mate. He'll become to, you know, begin to, and that thing will just play like a recording, like a commercial, over, over in your head. Why? Because he's hoping you'll take the thought, become offended, and begin to build a brick wall between the two of you. Because if he can, if he can divide mom and dad, he can he just, you know, divide the family. Amen. Not that divided families that, that come back together and make another family can't be blessed. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that you've got to watch your thoughts, guard your thoughts. Amen. Um, don't just let any thoughts hang around. So if you're going to make that decision that I'm going to pay attention to my thoughts, then that's a bold faith decision. That means I've got to be aware of them when they enter my head. And then I've also got to be willing to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It can, it can wear you out. Y'all hear me this morning. It can wear you out trying to take thoughts captive because the devil is not going to stop talking. But don't let him do all the talking. Amen. When, you know, you're married and, and um, you know, fantasies pop up in your head, too real, Pastor, you're too real. Fantasies are not okay if you're married because you're giving your thought life over to the devil. You can't do that because once you begin to fantasize and you begin to think on that thing, it's just like Eve standing by the tree God said don't stand by. Don't let those things come into your mind. It's not okay. The Bible says that um, you don't have to actually do the act of committing adultery. He says, if you even think about it in your heart, you've already done it. You're just waiting for the, for the natural act. So, so you've got to guard your thoughts. Guard your mind. Amen. Um, let me ask a question. Jennifer, are they watching a movie in there, the, the young kids? Okay. Because I just wanted to see if the, if the little, um, if Julius wanted to go back. Just in case we say anything that might mess him up. (laughs) As we're talking about marriage and stuff like that. We don't want to mess up Julius or John. Uh, John, how old are you, John? 14? Mommy, it's up to you. We're going to talk. Real talk. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, I totally forgot where I was. Where was I? What was I saying, y'all? Yes, 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 yes. So if you think about it, he said, you've already done it in your heart. So it's all about the heart. Amen? It's all about the heart. So don't allow your heart to come, become corrupted. So you've got to make quality faith decisions about your thought life. Quality faith decisions about what you're going to see, what you're going to hear. Make quality faith decisions about what you're going to speak. Quality faith decisions about who you're going to hang out with. If you're hanging out with somebody who constantly draws you off the wrong direction, you don't need to hang out with those people. 
It's a bold, quality faith decision that says like Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that word house, we've, we've come to find out that it also means family. It means household. So message translation says, as for me and my family, we'll worship God. Y'all, is my mic too loud out there? Because it really feels like it's hurting my ears. Is it too loud? No? Could you just bring it down a tad just so I can feel like I can raise my voice if I want to? Amen. All right. Number two, the choices I make affect my family for good or bad. Let me say that again. The, the choices that I make, big, put a big circle around the eye right there. The choices that I make affect my family for good or for bad. Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you. Circle to you. Life and death. Blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. So the decisions that you make affect your children, they affect your children's children. Mm. Whew. Sometimes you got to wonder, what are people thinking? What were you thinking? You know, and, and, and I can't stand it. You know, whether I'm counseling a couple or I've actually heard <laughs> my, my own ex-husband say this to me. I don't know, it just happened. That's a bunch of bull. It doesn't just happen. It's because sin is conceived first. It starts with a seed. And then when it's conceived, it, b- it brings forth full-blown full sin. So it didn't just happen. You thought about that thing. You thought about it. You made the appointment. You got the key. You, you went there. You, you did whatever you had to do to make that thing happen. It did not just happen. And that decision you know, can affect you, it can affect your children, your grandchildren, of course your spouse. You know, I just don't understand. I don't know why I'm on this this morning, but I don't understand how you could let yourself go to that place. You just, you you can't do it. You don't give room to the devil. You don't give him a toehold. If he gets a toehold, he'll get a foothold. If the devil gets a foothold in your life, then he'll get a stronghold. And once he's got a stronghold, you need deliverance, you and your whole family. Then the next thing you know, you're passing children back and forth in a parking lot. That was never what God meant to be. That is not the will of God. I mean, if it gets to that place, I mean, the grace of God has got you. You know, his grace is sufficient for us if we find ourselves in that, in that situation because sometimes you're the other person and you didn't have anything to do with it. But you find yourself in the parking lot switching kids back and forth with tears rolling down your eyes as they're going down the road with the other spouse, with that spouse having somebody else in the car with them that you don't even know. It's heartbreaking. Not even to mention what it does to the children. I remember being a seven, eight-year-old child and my father coming home and getting us in this little huddle, the three oldest kids. I was eight, seven or eight. My sister was nine, and my little brother was six. And I adored my dad. My dad was terrible, but he was my dad, and I loved him. 
And when he told us he was leaving, I could cry right now thinking of the feelings that I had when he just said, Mom and Papa can't live together anymore. Just broke my heart. I, I had to leave the huddle to go to my room and cry. And he knew that, that uh, I, I wasn't a good faker. He came to the room and there I was just with my face in my hands sobbing. And he just came in, I'll never forget, he said, oh, Sally. And he bent down and he put his arms around me and hugged me. But that's a painful moment for your kids. You ought to fight for your marriage with all you've got. You ought to fight and keep on fighting. If you're the other spouse, you're the spouse that it just happened to you, you know, you ought to try to, to fight for it as, as long as you can hold on. Amen? Fight for it and hold on as long as you can until it seems like there's no way that um, it's going to come back and you've done all that you can do after the Spirit, the grace of God. I believe as long as you have grace to believe. As long as the grace and the Spirit of God is on you to believe, then you ought to go for it with all you can. Don't walk away until you've known, until you know you've done all that you can do. All that you can do. And for one, that's more than it is for another. Some people have a low tolerance for stuff. Some people can, you know, they can cheat on them, uh, uh, sell the TV and buy drugs and, you know, do all kinds of things. And, and they still, you know, want to stand to believe. Praise God. That's a gift from God to be able to believe beyond a reasonable point. That's a gift from God. And maybe God's going to turn it around. I hope so. I hope so. But if not, don't be afraid to go on with your life. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? This person does not have my best interest at heart. Doesn't even have our children's best interest at heart. You know what? God is going to bless my life if I move forward into a new level. If I move forward and say, God, it's just you and me. Let's do this. I've had to throw my legs out of the bed wanting to be depressed because I didn't know what I was going to do because my spouse had left me after 17 years. I didn't know what to do. But I said, God, I believe you've got good on your mind for me. What really matters has not changed. He walked off, but you'll never walk off and leave me. I still believe you got a good future I still believe you got a good hope on your mind for me so come on God let's do this what you gonna do what you gonna do as long as I keep getting up putting on my makeup getting dressed and moving forward God's gotta bless my life hallelujah glory to God so if you're still breathing and you're heartbroken I'm telling you get up and stand up in the ashes of your life and let God move you forward weeping endures for the night but joy comes in the morning hallelujah I'm so blessed right now God has made my life glad hallelujah he can bless you so much and make you forget somebody's name hallelujah hallelujah amen <laughs> amen all right so we number three we must seek the wisdom of God for our families now you're receiving wisdom of God right here that's why I fully believe you ought to come to church on Sundays or watch from home if you if you are unable to come I think because the word that goes forth this is a word in due season none of this stuff was in my notes this is the spirit of God pulling this out of me this morning amen because somebody needs to hear it somebody needs to hear it who's watching on video you need to hear it and that's why you need to be at church the wisdom of God goes across this pulpit it's not wisdom wisdom that you can get anywhere else you can't get it from Oprah you can't get it from Dr. Phil you can't get it from Ellen DeGeneres you can't get it on TV you got to get it from from the spirit of God in the place that God has set you under amen glory to God so we got to seek the wisdom of God for our families I'm not supposed to chase you you're supposed to chase me you got to value what's on my life enough. Hallelujah. you got to value what's on my life enough that you're willing to come and, and follow me. Amen. So Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for what? 
for a lack of knowledge, but then because you reject knowledge also. So once you get knowledge, you can't throw it aside. You cannot toss it aside and say, I'm going to do it my own way anyway. That's just dumb. That's like going to the hospital and the doctor gives you discharge papers. You need to do A, B, C, and D, and you go home and don't do nothing. Then you, you know, it, why, we, why did you bother going to the hospital? Amen. So when you come into the church, you're going to get the, the knowledge that you need, the wisdom that you need to glorify God in your family. There is set aside specific wisdom to help you put your life back together, to help you um, change things around. Maybe your, your family's all tore up right now. Maybe things are a mess. This person's this. This person's sick. This person uh, can't get a job. This person's on drugs. This person's about to leave his wife. You know, it could be just all kinds of stuff in one big family. But you can be the one who decides to turn it around, decide to be the one I'm going to draw the bloodline right here and and people will be changed because of my life amen so um sometimes well we already talked about this okay all right so blended families blended families blended families can be difficult but but we can still glorify God in a blended family what is a blended family it's where it's yours mine and ours and we're putting it all together you know in in that type of a situation you got to have guidelines because you're still dealing with a baby mama and still dealing with a baby daddy in situations where one spouse can feel uncomfortable about you talking to that baby mama Amen. So you got to have the wisdom of God to move forward in that. Um, Bishop Hilliard and Pastor Bridget went through that because they were both married before they came together and got married. They both had children, so they had to talk to their spouses in order to um, uh, partner in raising the children. And uh, so they came up with a solution to that, that Pastor Bridget would talk to Bishop's ex and that Bishop would talk to Pastor Bridget's ex so that neither one of them had to talk to that ex. Amen. They decided this is the way it's going to be. If we're going to talk, this is how it's going to be. Now, in some situations, both spouses don't have a problem with it, and, and you know, they can do it. Maybe it's that you talk while you're on the phone together. Whatever, you, whatever guidelines, safeguards you need to set up, that needs to be done. So you don't leave a crack for the enemy. Amen. And so um, in blended families, it's so important that we make sure that our children respect the 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 new partner the new spouse you cannot allow your children to disrespect your spouse that is not okay don't don't uh allow your children to to just treat them any kind of way to talk to them any kind of way you know you have to respect your it's you and your spouse and children come after that because if y'all can't hold it together you're not gonna be able to parent children effectively you gotta hold it together amen so blended families, there's got to be respect and you've got to come up with guidelines. Kids will try to get you to bicker. And um, if they know, uh, Daddy, that you're not going to make them do what Mama said because Mama's a stepmama, then they're going to play Daddy. They're going to go to Daddy the whole time. They, kids are smart. They're going to play you against each other. And before you know it, there's a spirit of strife in your house. I told you about this couple that went to sleep one night and the husband woke up and uh, he saw a demon standing at the foot of his bed. And he said, Lord, what is that? He said, that's a spirit of strife. You allowed it in here. So we don't allow the spirit of strife to come into our household. So we set guidelines. Amen. So that our children, um, mom and daddy, y'all get in by yourselves in the bedroom, go for a drive, whatever you got to do so that you can come up with the guidelines for your family. Amen. And then when you come home, you tell the kids, this is how we're going to do it. This is what, and we're in agreement. Don't fight in front of the kids. 
Go to your room and get it straight. Or talk about it later. Or say, hold on, babe, just a minute. Let's, let's go outside and have a conference about that. And then the two of you talk about it. And then come back in once you're in unity. There's so much power in unity. No wonder the devil comes to, to disrupt it. When you get into unity, the Bible calls that the place of commanded blessing. Don't you want your, your family to live in the place of commanded blessing? Get in unity and stay in unity. And don't let those kids come in between you. Amen. Proverbs 24, 3 through 4, it says, Through skillful, godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So we see we got to get some wisdom, some uh, understanding, and some knowledge. All right, number four, when we build our lives and family by doing what the word says, we'll be strong and blessed. So it's all about doing. It doesn't matter how much word you know, it's how much word you put to work. Don't say, well, Pastor, that sounds like works instead of grace. What, what does the Bible say? I'll show you my faith by my works. <laughs> by faith... Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So I got to work the word, amen, and work it into my life and decide I'm going to be a doer of the word. And it takes discipline. What is discipline? It's the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. So you might have a little time of sandpaper, a sandpaper experience while you're getting things in order. But just decide we're going to tough it out for the next 21 to 35 days. We're going to tough it out. Then everybody gets brand new habits and brand new order in the house. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 7, 24 through 25. Therefore, whoever does what? Hears these sayings of mine and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house, his family on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came to the winds blew and beat against that family. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So families, we have a responsibility to live in front of our children in a godly manner. That's, that's really, truly a godly manner. So that even when you mess up, you repent to your kids and say, I'm sorry, daddy messed up, mama messed up. And uh, they see what repentance is all, all, all about. Amen. All right. Let's number two, let's talk about standing against attacks on families. You know, 50 years ago in 1970, 73% of children lived in a household with both their father and their mother. 73%. Just in 1970, that's like, what, 50-something, 50, 50, 50 years ago? That's, that's just amazing. Now it's 46%, and the rest live in single-parent households. So throughout Scripture... We see families under attack. The very first family. You think, you know, well, Bible families had it made. No, Bible families were just like your family. There were issues. There were trouble. There were um, battles they had to fight. The very first family, Cain, uh, rose up and slew his brother Abel. Killed his brother. The very first family. Only the, the, the second generation. I mean, you would think we'd get it together. But the first generation, you know, they messed up too. But um, so the very first family, Cain killed his brother Abel. King David's family. You know, he's the man after my own heart, right? But he had some serious family issues. One brother raped his half-sister. The other brother killed him. The oldest son tried to steal the throne from David. And then he committed adultery. David committed adultery. The man after God's own heart. 
And then his very own um, first infant, his, I mean, his, his uh, infant son passed away with Bathsheba. So they had some issue. He had some issues in his family that he had to deal with. Jacob and his brother Esau, they fell out over the birthright. Jacob's sons killed their brother-in-law and his whole family. Their brother-in-law, Deanna, or Diana, their, their um, sister, had met a man in, I believe it was Shechem, and uh, he, he actually um, raped her, but the fathers got together and decided, you know, he really loves her and he wants her to be his wife. So the father said, okay, if all these men, if y'all become circumcised, you'll become like us, and we can give um, Diana to y'all to be her wife, or to be his, yeah, to be his wife. And so... Um, they, all the men decided to be circumcised, and on the third day, they all had fevers, so all of Jacob's sons went in and killed them all while the men were weakened, and they had fevers, and they killed them all, murdered the whole family that their daughter was about to marry into. Somebody say family issues. And then Abraham fell out with Lot, his nephew. Abraham interceded for Lot. Joseph's own brothers sold him to be a slave for 20 pieces of silver. 20 pieces of silver sold their very own flesh and blood brother for 20 pieces of silver. That's some, that's some family issues right there. Naomi and Ruth stuck together after their husbands all died. There was a, just a crisis where the husband, all the men died. But they made a comeback and they experienced a turnaround. And I believe we can too. Amen. I've seen it over so many years. So number one, we must resist every demonic attack on our families. Resist. 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 We have to resist. You cannot just let the devil do all the talking when he's talking in your head. You cannot let him do all the talking. You've got to shut him down. So you've got to resist the enemy um, in every way, and especially demonic attacks on your family. I think, I think the problem is mo- that most of us are not woke. I think that's the problem. Most of us are not woke. We're not paying attention. We're irritated with the situation, but we're not looking at it through our spiritual eyes. You are under attack, constant attack. First Peter 5, 8 through 9, why does it say this? Be sober, be vigilant. Wake up, wake up, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What does it say to do? Resist him steadfast in the faith. Ephesians 6, 10 through 14 says, Be strong in the Lord and in, the power, and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. See, it's not your child you're fighting against. It's not your spouse you're fighting against. It, it's, it's, it's not your family, your uncle, your auntie, whoever it is you fell out with. That's not what you're, that's not who you're, it's not flesh and blood enemies. He says, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. In other words, be woke, paying attention, amen, so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Number 14, verse 14 says, stand your ground. So you can't give up territory to the enemy. Do you hear me? You cannot give up territory to the enemy. You've got to charge and take more territory for your family. Amen? You, you just got to be bold and say, Devil, you better get out of my house. You better get off my family. Get off my street. Get out of my neighborhood. I am not the one and today is not the day. Playboy, get out of here. In Jesus' name. You've got to decide you're going to talk to him. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
New Living Translation says, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to take your family out. But Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. All right, number two, generational attacks on families must be addressed. Generational iniquities, generational curses, things that, that have come in a, in a generational nature. Some of the warfare on your family is generational spirits that are, have been assigned to your family for generations and generations. They're familiar spirits are family spirits that attach themselves to families from generations. So sometimes we deal with the situation in the natural, but we fail to address the spirit behind it. See, when Jesus cast spirits out of people, he would say, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out in Jesus' name. He's, when he got ready to, to heal the demoniac, he said, what is your name? He said, legion. So Jesus called him by name and cast him out of the pigs. So you got to know what you're dealing with. When you see, um, like a, maybe your spouse seems like they're disconnected, checking their cell phone all the time. They're, you know, you, you have a feeling something's going on. Well, that's not um, a time to just be irritated in the natural. It's time to take authority in the spirit realm. A spirit of lust is trying to get a hold of your husband or your wife because I've seen it happen both ways. And, and you've got to address the spirit behind it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the spirit forces that are working the unseen realm. So you, 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 get, uh, you address the spirit and cast the spirit out. Tell the spirit, you're not going to stay in my house. Anoint your house with oil. Anoint his or her pillow with oil. And declare that the anointing of God convicts them of any sin that they're thinking about. Amen. That you move somebody out of their, out of their household. Out of, not out of the household. Out of, out of their life. If there's somebody in their life, let them just lose interest in Jesus' name. I've seen somebody actually sow a seed in church to move somebody out of a work environment that was driving her crazy. Somebody who was just treating her bad every single day that she went in. She said she went in and sowed a seed and laid it on the altar for God to move that person out of her life. Guess what happened about a week later? Person was moved out of life. If you're really serious, say, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that you move this person out, out, of, out of their life. Amen? So it's the spirit behind a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with. And some of the stuff, you know, on your family, you got to know what your family's got. You know, when you go to the doctor, what do they ask you? I need to know your family medical history. Why? Because it tends to flow in your DNA line. What, you know, what does your mama have on her side and people on her side, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters? What do people have on your daddy's side, on your grandparents on that side? They want to know because that can be in your bloodline, right? Same thing about these spirits. You can look at, at the spirits that have been on your family and know that you could be susceptible to that. Because it runs in family bloodlines. It's called generational iniquity. Look at Exodus 20, verse 5 through 6. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Hallelujah. So we see here that... that um, Iniquity of the fathers can come on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who don't live for God or don't love God or hate God, actually hate God. But 
showing mercy. He shows mercy to thousands for those who love me and live right. Amen. Exodus 20, um, verse 5 and 6 in the message says, Punishing the children for any sins their parents pass on to them, to the third and, yes, even to the fourth generation of those who hate me. But I'm unswervingly loyal to the thousands who love me and keep my commandments. So you can see that there are things in your family bloodline. Sometimes it's alcoholism runs. Like daddy, granddaddy was an alcoholic. Daddy's an alcoholic. You know, and now, man, I'd rather just sit down and drink than do anything. You know, so you got to watch that. You know, um, it doesn't mean that you can't have a beer at the game every now and then, but it doesn't mean that you should let it take a, a hold and get, get put you in bondage, especially if you know you're susceptible to it. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. If in your family there's alcoholism, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you to do that and give your life over to that thing. Amen. You know, same thing with like, um, you know, I don't even want to go there, but you know, there's, there's like spirits of lust that can be in family that, that go down from generation to generation. Sometimes it's incest goes from generation to generation where little girls are getting messed with at different, you know, different generations. It goes down, you know, it, it didn't just start and this, it started back further. And so we got to, we have to watch out for iniquity that can be passed down through the generation. So that's number three. Iniquity can be passed down through generations. Lamentation 5, 7 says, Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. Psalm 51, 5 says, for, uh, David said, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. So what is sin? Sin is the missing of the mark. It's the missing of the mark. You just miss it. You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then number two, transgression. What is transgression? Transgression, transgression is straying from the truth that you know. In other words, I know this to be true, that this is not a right thing to do. But I say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. That's called a transgression. See, some sin, you know, that's why when we pray the sinner's prayer, we say, I've messed up on purpose. That's a transgression. And sometimes, I'm sure I just didn't know, that was a sin. See, we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've got to teach a child not to steal. You've got to teach a child not to lie. I mean, at two years old, they'll pop up with a lie, and you're like, where did you learn to lie? And that's that sin nature, that iniquity that is in us. Amen? It goes all the way back to Adam. But how many of you know we can draw the bloodline and cut it off in Jesus' name? All right, so that's transgression. Strain from the truth you know. Now, what is iniquity? Iniquity is staying in transgression until you no longer desire to repent. And that's a scary place to be. Iniquity. Iniquity. That's staying in transgression until you no longer desire to repent. Iniquity can follow a family. It's visited on down the line. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, did anybody ever see the movie Ghost? with Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze. You know, she supposedly was a psychic, but she was really just faking everybody out. She really wasn't a psychic. They had little tactics, wind would blow and stuff like that. It wasn't, she didn't really have it. But she said, um, well, evidently she did because he started talking to her and she could hear, who is that? And uh, so she said, my grandmommy had it, my mommy had it, and they say I have it. See, that's a, that's a, a spirit of a, it's a, a spirit of iniquity that had if it was true and it does you know it does where you know that follows bloodlines where somebody's messing with the occult in this level then this level they begin to mess with the occult then it goes down to the next level they you know fooling around in the occult and those spirits will follow generations on down 
So it, that's, that's what she's talking about right there. You know, that's just a, a good example to see that. So um, same thing in the spirit realm. Spirits of addiction, infidelity, lying, poverty can be a generational curse and iniquity. Lust, incest, murder, drugs. So how do we overcome it? Number one, we overcome by faith. Deciding that you're going to overcome and go to work on it by faith. I'm going to work on whatever this thing is that messes with me. It may not mess with other people. Other people, maybe for you, it's um, um, drugs. But for somebody else, that's not a problem. Drugs is not a problem for me. I don't like drugs. Amen. But, you know, something else maybe Peanut M&Ms are a problem for me. And cookies from Three Brothers Bakery. That's a problem for me. Because M&Ms talk to me from the other room. Come in here and eat me. Yes. Yes, so, you know, so drugs don't bother me, but get me around M&Ms and I will lose my mind. You know, I lose my discipline because, you know, I just love sweets and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, what what bothers you may not bother somebody else. So the Bible says we got to possess our own vessel. 